You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. I'm glad to be here today with the owner of Evig Marketing, Austin Josie. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. you got a couple businesses. you got Rise Academy as well. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, just started Rise uh, probably about oh, three, four months ago and starting to see some really big traction, which is really exciting. Before we get into kind of how... How, how you got to entrepreneurship and got into starting these, you know, these companies. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how they tie in together? Because I know Rise Academy, you know, that's, that's, that's all about finding somebody that can be your mentor, uh, leaning on a guru, somebody, an expert in a field. And then you've got a marketing firm. So how do they tie together? Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Or do they even tie together? They they do. So uh, I started my marketing firm who, like... A year, for, like 14, 15 months ago. Okay. And started seeing some success, and especially around like last October, um, started seeing some really great success. And it was then that I realized like, oh, I, I should like share this with people. Like I should throw a conference and like yeah. show people like, you know, like the mentors that have helped me. Like, and so like mentorship had already played a really big role in helping me start up my company. And so like, I already mm-hmm. knew mentorship was like so, so important for people. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this conference, but kind of like in the same time that I was throwing this conference, the two uh, owners of rise Academy came to me and were like, Hey, we just want you to do some marketing for us and, and kind of do uh, a little odds and ends for us uh, to help us get some momentum going. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they came to my conference, long story short, they came to my conference and then afterwards they're like, Hey, why don't you just come in as a part owner? We saw like your conference. We see the people that you're associating with. We see the people that, you know, have mentored you and the connections that you have. We'd really just like you to be part of the company. And so, you know, my marketing company and taking the step and taking the risk to kind of go into that actually kind of had a company fall into my lap because I was willing to put myself out there, do a conference and, and really just, you know, network with people uh, really paid off in a big way for me. I can agree with a lot of that. Um, networking is, is huge. You know, they, they say, um, you know, your network determines your net worth. And, um, that's, that's a huge like buzzword tagline, whatever you want to call it. But I've actually seen it in my life. Um, you know, just be effective and impactful, uh, because there's a lot of stuff that comes from networking. It's, it's mostly exposure. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I never would have accomplished or done in my life had I not met somebody who knew the shortcut or who was already doing it. And is that kind of what, what, what you're looking at there with your, with your company? Oh, 100%. I mean, even with, uh, Evig, when I, when I first started, um, 
I found a mentor. Like that mm. was, that was, I mean, I was an accountant before I got into marketing. That's like what I majored in, in yeah. college and stuff. And, you know, I already had, I, I really had a passion for marketing, but like, it just didn't make sense in my mind. It's like, no, like accounting safe. Like I want to be an accountant. And, you know, it was really when I was sitting in a cubicle looking at spreadsheets day in and day out, like trying to reconcile some accounts where I was like, you know what? I need to look at something else. Uh, and we, we had a baby on the way uh, and my wife wanted to be at home. So I was like, well, maybe I can start doing something on the side, you know, start like a side hustle. That's another yeah. one of those buzzwords that's really popular right now. And so I found a mentor and he's like, Duke, what are you doing? Like you, you got like this like you're able to connect with people really well. You're able to network really well. Like, why aren't, why aren't you like looking at marketing as an option? Like you can learn those skills and then implement them. And I mean, I, like I said, I, I taken quite a few marketing courses in college because it, they were interesting to me. So like a lot of my generals like with business and stuff, like yeah. that's what I was focusing on. And so ultimately um, that mentor really helped me shape even just my marketing company. And then now with rise Academy, we want to show other people that, hey, if, if you're focused on your health and your wealth, we have mentors out there that we go out, we vet, we make sure that they have A, customer successes, and B, that you're going to get personalized attention so that if you need some assistance, if you're interested in starting a side hustle, if you're interested in getting uh, in better shape, we have these people that we've gone out and like third-party vetted. We're the Better Business Bureau mm -hmm. of Online Coaching, and we, we make sure that, you know, we're we got the best coaches to work with. I like that. The better business bureau of online coaching. And the reason that sticks out to me is I've, I've, I've done some online coaching. I've, um, I've done, I've, I've worked with mentors that have been organic and then there's been a uh, mentorship that I've actually sought out. And sometimes you can, especially in today's age with social media and so much access, there are, in my opinion, mentors that have don't have the expertise in that field right they've never really yep. done that thing and i love having a better business bureau for that you know somebody that's already vetted that that mentor and and say okay they're qualified to you know share their expertise in this field 100% i mean i've lost money on like really bad mentorships or mm -hmm. or you know programs that were like hey we're going to teach you how to do all of this and you're going to be able to make $10,000 a month passively. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like selling you that pipe dream. And, you know, I, I felt victim to it <laughs> and, you know, it's, and that's why it's so important. Like, like uh, the mission, because mentorship is so important. Like you, you listen to some of these millionaires, you listen to some of these uh, people that are just skyrocketing right now, you know, mm -hmm. people like Alex Ramosi, Ryan Pineda, like these really big, uh, have these really big followings that are continuing to grow. Yeah. And one of the things that they say is like, find a mentor. So we know it's important, but sometimes we're afraid to get nowhere to go or to take that step because you do hear those uh, scams where it's like, ah, I gave this guy $10,000 to invest into Bitcoin and I haven't seen anything yet. And it's just, you know, so uh, that's, that's ultimately why we started Rise Academy is to make sure that, hey, you know, that we've vetted these people. And so if you're willing to work, uh, you're going to see some pretty good traction with these guys. What does the typical relationship look like once, once I'm in rise and I, I find a mentor, does rise then drop out or what's the relationship like to, you know, how, how do they foster that relationship? Because sometimes mentorship 
like I said, it has to be organic. Um, the mentor and the mentee both have obligations. So they got things that they have yep. to and responsibilities. So how do y'all make sure that happens? Yeah, so we, we want to be as involved as we can be in the first part to make sure it's a smooth transition yeah. so that you can get in, you can talk with the mentor, you can actually feel good about like what they're offering you. And then uh, really, we want you to be in that program as as seamless as possible. And so then we'll step back and and really let you be fully, fully like in submerged, I guess, in, in that in that program, because we don't want there to be confusion of like, OK, so I went through Rise Academy. So do I keep talking to Rise or do I keep yeah. talking to, right. you know, this coach? And it's like, no, your coach is your guy now. Like we we're really kind of that uh, that one stop shop that you can come in and just be like, I have interest in e-commerce, but I don't, I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Or I have interest in, you know, building my own company uh, and I want to be hands on, but I don't know where to go. Like, what are my options? And so then we can say, hey, you know, do you want you know, to be more like uh, passive? Do you want it to be more hands on? Like, and then we can kind of help filter it out and, and give you options of like, hey, well, here's someone that does selling on Amazon, teaches some courses. Yeah. Uh, here's like his track record. Here's what his current students are seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that way you're getting a pretty unbiased option and we're not upcharging for our caught co- like our services uh or, or anything like that like i mean coaching isn't cheap anyways yeah. but we don't want to add any extra expense to the students in fact we want it to be uh, as as good of a deal for them as possible right i i can see why the um the, the two founders or the co-owners brought you in because you, you've got a skill set that Honestly, most entrepreneurs don't want to do, and that's accounting and marketing, right? Most entrepreneurs want to stick to um, what they're good at. They want to stick to either their technical skills or the business of their business. They don't, they don't want to do those other things, or they don't know how to do those other things. Mm-hmm. So you, you brought in two key aspects that any business could benefit from. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think back about it, and it's just, I am actually really happy that I went through accounting and that that I spent several years like as an accountant, because it really makes you understand like the language of business. That's, I mean, that's what you'll hear anytime that you're going through accounting classes is like, this is the language of business, uh, credits and debits, balance sheets, uh, making sure accounts are reconciled. Like all those things are really valuable. Uh, and they're really, really, especially like if you're looking to, even just acquire a new company um, or, or anything else, like to be able to go in and look at the finances and know the state and the health of the business just from some paperwork is, is huge. But then marketing, you're like, okay, so are we seeing return on investment with marketing? Like how, how much are we doing? Like, it was really fun. We went to, I went to, I went through the books with one of my customers. They're an e-commerce company. They, they sell towels. I mean, the towels are, pretty amazing. Like they, uh, like they'll dry by the time you step off the beach and go to your car, like they're dry by the time you get to your car. And so they, they have this really good product. I think you just sold one. Um, <laughs> Cause I, like I know. That. <laughs> hey, yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, and so they, they, they have a really good product. Yeah. Um, and we went through the books this last time and like, because of the accounting and marketing kind of expertise, uh, I was able to say, well, for every dollar that we're putting into ads, 
we're seeing a 4.5 return on that dollar. So we're making $4.50 per dollar of marketing, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And so it's like you, you can catch those trends, but then you can also say, well, here is where we're seeing the most benef- benefit. And so, you know, accounting's really played a huge role in like helping me to understand just like the language of business, I guess, for lack of better words. Yeah, I like what you're talking about with the health of the business. A, a lot of entrepreneurs, when, I, when I'm talking about these level of entrepreneurs, I'm talking about either solopreneurs or mom and pops, right? These smaller businesses, mm-hmm. they typically don't know the health of their business. All they know is they're going in every day, they're doing the tasks, they're doing the daily activity. They know their doors are open, but they have no idea, you know, what the the P&Ls or the profits are, you know, for this business. They're just, you know, throwing spaghetti at a wall, so to speak. Yeah. And then that's where you get frustrated. And I honestly think that's where a lot of, you know, the 94% or 97% of startup businesses fails. They just... They aren't taking into account like the true numbers of, okay, where am I at and where do I need to go? Um, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because I don't know, accounting, accounting is really interesting because you can really look at it and you can almost make future decisions based, well, you can make future decisions based off the current state of the company. Okay. So, you know, whether you can grow, you know, whether you can acquire, you know, whether you can just maybe you need to kind of pad pad the old bank account so that you can go out and have some dry powder. Um, because I honestly think in a year, two years, you're going to see some companies go on fire sell. Uh, you're going to see a lot of these people that have, you know, done the hard part of starting up a business and um, they're going to be selling for a significant discount. So if you got some dry powder and, and you have been kind of accounting yeah. for that, you can really make some big moves in these next couple of years. we you talk about a mentor. Was that your first mentor that you had? Uh, you think in your life, the one, the one that was helping you to transition into entrepreneurship? You know, so I, I served in the military um, for about nine years. Oh, what branch? And I was, I was too. All right. yep. Thanks for your service. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah. yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. We, and I think through the army, like you, you see, two extremes. You see either really good Mm -hmm. leaders or you see really bad leaders. And those really good leaders can be such impactful um, mentors to you. Like I I got really lucky in the fact that I had uh, one uh, section chief and he, I mean, he called me out. Like I, I, I vividly remember this. Like I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was, I was kind of being lazy um, and really underperforming. I wasn't, I wasn't living up to my full potential. And so he calls me into his office and he sits me down. He's like, look, Josie, what are you doing? Like, you, you know what you're capable of and you know that you're not living up to that. So he taught me, like, there's really no excuses. Like you got to go out and you got to perform, you got to do the hard work and that's how you're going to move up. And so I kind of took that and have now like put it into, you know, entrepreneurship where it's like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like most of what I'm seeing. And one thing the military is really good at doing is teaching you consistency. Yeah. And I think that's again, where a lot of businesses fell is like consistency, hard Discipline, work and yep. accounting for the future. Yep. Like, yep. And so, you know, I'd say like him, my dad, my dad was in the army for about like 36 mm-hmm. years. And so, uh, you know, having that strong military leadership, like in home and then in my, like in my life, 
uh, afterwards. I think that was like where true mentorship started. And then I, I kind of dropped off because after that, I was like, oh, like I'm just going to go to school and do my yeah. thing and I don't really need a good mentor. Um, and so the first time I truly like invested in myself was this mentor that that taught me like how to start my business and how to grow it and and how to more importantly, how to sell. Like that's a really undervalued skill mm, as well. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm super great at it, but I've gotten a lot better. Um, and so it's you know, that's, that's one of those skills that uh, can help propel you. And that my mentor personally uh, helped me with. A yeah. ton. You can do sales. You sold me a towel in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I've gotten yeah, better. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you left your job as an accountant just to, to start your marketing firm. So I, I did a little bit of uh, one foot in okay. one foot out, um, which you always hear these people saying like, no, you need to be a hundred percent committed. And I think you can be a hundred percent committed to your business, but still not living like in absolute poverty and not going hundred percent in yeah. yet. Uh, Cause what I, I was able to, you know, be an accountant and I was able to work for five months while I was building this company. And then I was like, okay, I, I can replace my income. Uh, you know, I, I, I have some pretty good momentum going and, now it's starting to really detract from my business. I mean, like lunch every single day, I was on sales calls. I was like, wait, lunch walking while you was at the job, like, you would take your lunch break and do sales calls, do other things. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. time. I, mean, I, was, <laughs> I was constantly like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I was constantly like, it was, it was consuming me. And I, I think that's when I knew, okay, it's time to, take a step back and really just, it wasn't fair to my employer like, and you know, it wasn't fair to my business. And so that's when I was like, okay, I, I really need to take a step back and, and just go a hundred percent in. And, and so I made that leap. And so I started my marketing company like back in May mm -hmm. of 2021. And so by October, like end of October, I, I was taking that step out and, and really fully investing into entrepreneurship and, and, Betting yeah. on myself. Well, I'm glad um, that you share that transparency, right? Because right now, the the climate is you got to be an entrepreneur, you got to be your own boss. Um, you know, you got to quit your job, all of this stuff. And I don't subscribe to that. You know, I like the one foot one one foot in, one foot out uh, transition, like you did. I I even like if it's possible to keep your job and run your business. Um, I think it's more realistic. And I think you can, you know, build something sustainable that way, you know, and I, I appreciate you sharing that because it's, it goes against what's being shared right now. And I think people need that. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, one of the things that I subscribe to too, is that you hear about these extremes of like, I wake up at four 30 in the morning and I take a cold shower upon waking <laughs> up. And I'm not saying that that's bad. And it's not saying, I'm not saying that that might optimize you a yeah. little bit more, but when people think that you have to go to the extreme in order to be successful, it often like they'll go in, go full bore for maybe like a whole month and then burn out because they aren't seeing the success right away. Maybe they, maybe that's just taking way more than they thought. And so they quit. And so going in it in with it, like with a realistic outlook of like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to build this business I'm going to continue working because I got to provide for my family. I got to pay the mortgage. Uh, you know, I got to put food on the table. Uh, and then 
really then planning though, like your future and building what you want it, your future to be, uh, you can do that in that five to yeah. nine period. You'd be surprised that even if you call different time zones, people are still working. So you can make sure that you're, you're on those calls and, and selling, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like it's, I think that narrative actually burns people out or makes people think that it's una, unattainable. Yeah, it's not like, realistic. I, I, I yeah. can never do that. I, yeah, I could never wake up at four thirty. I could never take cold showers uh, every day of the week. I could never, you know. Uh... Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Do all of this. And so coming in with a realistic outlook, it really helps people say, oh, I can do this. This is easy. Like, okay, I just have to take one step at a time. I have to slowly build and that's okay. Do you think making that transition with you having an accounting background, do you think it, it hindered you or do you think it helped you? And the the reason I'm asking that is because I, just to leave your your secure, solid income, right? And then go into entrepreneurship that's not really defined. Did you already account for that? No pun intended. Or or did you or, or did that hinder you because it caused more fear? You're like, hey, look, I'm looking at the numbers every day and I don't know if I can make this work. Um, you know, I by October, I I had fully vested into the idea that I could create the future that I wanted to create. And that the only way I was going to do that was by, by betting on myself. And like you said, I, I was able to run the numbers and I was able to know like, okay, well, at the very least, all of our expenses are going to be covered and we're going to be able to save like a little bit. Um, and so, and then I was like, I know I can keep growing this company. I know I can do this. And so I would say it actually kind of helped me because I was like, okay, like I know that we're going to be taken care of. I know that we're going to be able to do this. So like in my mind, it was like a peace of mind knowing, okay, I can, I can take this step. I can take, I can take this leap. I will say the part that I stumbled was that, you know, you hear about these people that are like, I can work whenever I want. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can work this like entrepreneur like schedule. And I kind of succumbed to like this idea of like, oh, I can only work like three hours a day. And so, you know, there was like a couple months where I started to stumble and I started to fall because like I wasn't, again, I wasn't consistent. I wasn't like putting in the super hard work and it, and especially like in a startup, like you have to be willing to, you know, dedicate some time to it. And so I started stumbling a little bit. I started to uh, kind of retreat and, and not see as much uh, success. And so then, uh, then full realization came back to me like, oh, I'm not doing what I was doing to be successful. Like I, I, I took a step back and thought I could be more hands off. And it's like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, it's good that you assess that and and was honest with yourself, you know what I mean? And, and say, look, um, I'm not doing the work that I need to be doing. It's almost like when, when you were having a conversation with your section leader in the, in the army that's saying, Hey, you're not putting forth the work that you need to put forth. And same thing with your business, but you were able to recognize it much quicker now. Yeah. I mean, and he, you would think that, 
you would like i would understand that like right from the get-go because it's like that's been an underlying theme through my life is like hard yeah. work's gonna pay off and not only hard work but smart work and knowing your value in the market uh, is gonna pay off but you know it's always like these subtle reminders to keep you humble and to keep you hungry that are going to help you be successful. Um, and so now I'm just like, okay, I really can't be this, at least not yet. At least when I'm in the startup position, I can't be this person that's only working 10 to 12 hours a week. I've got to be that person that's working maybe a little bit like 50 hours a week right now to really get this up and going, especially between the two companies and making sure that I'm, prepping myself so that I can be successful, that I can see some success with these businesses. Yeah. When you were making that transition, you said that you, you realized that the business that you were creating could actually give you the life that you desired or designed. What, what was that life? It was just honestly being able to be home and spend time with the family. Um, like I said, we, we had a newborn at that time. Um, you know, my, my wife was like transitioning out of the workforce. Um, and as an accountant, I was working like 60 hours a week. Mm. Like if you account for like all the yeah. commuting and everything, it was about 60 hours a week with the commuting and overtime and everything like that. And so that's 60 hours a week that I'm not seeing my family. So it's like, I'd come home, eat dinner, and then we'd put the baby to bed. So it's like, I wasn't being able to grow this relationship with my daughter. And so that, that started prepping in my mind, like, okay, what, what do I really want? And one of the things like, especially entrepreneurs, like they, they start working hard. They start working, uh, you know, tirelessly, tirelessly, sorry, that was a <laughs> slip up on the word, yeah. but, uh, and, but they aren't super clear on where they want to be or what their actual <laughs> end goal is. And uh, there's that really great, uh, quote by, I think it's Jim Rohn where it's, uh, begin with mm. the end in mind. So you need to be super, super clear. You need to have some really good clarity about your goals. Like what is it that yeah. you truly want? Where is it that you truly want to be? Because for me, it was like, okay, I want to be able to take an hour in the middle of the day and spend time with my daughter. I want to be able to do that, you know, three times throughout the day. I want to be able to go to the gym whenever I want throughout my day, has, you know, be able to schedule that in. And it's like, I'm still working hard, but now it's on my flexible. Terms. Now it's, yeah. now it's, I create my, yeah, I create my schedule. I can decide where I work and how much I work. Like I said, I got to be really careful about how much I work because you don't want to fall into that trap of just saying, well, I'm this lifestyle entrepreneur. I, I only have to work yeah. two hours a week, but it can, go, it can <laughs> easily go the other way too, right? You, you can become a workaholic because, and you quit your job to have more time for the family. And then you get so engulfed in entrepreneurship that you have less time for the family. So it can, it can be, you know, a negative as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. And, um, again, that's where that clarity comes in is like, why are you actually doing what you, what you want to do? Like, why are you starting this company? Why are you starting a second company? Why do you want them to be successful? Um, and for me, it's, because like I said, I want, I want to spend my time with my, with my daughter in the day, with my wife in the day. Um, I want to be able to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them. Uh, I want to be able to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with them um, and, and really be able to do it on my terms. Yeah. And so, you know, th that clarity's helped me a ton in just knowing um, 
like reminding me of that why, reminding me of the the end in mind. And I mean, I got some pretty big goals. I got some things that I want to accomplish uh, and that I'm I'm working towards. But it's it's pretty awesome to be able to do that and you know be at home yeah. with the family. Would would marketing help me with something? So either for for the listeners to kind of understand when, when you're finding a marketing firm. Or even if you've got internal and you're trying to do marketing, how do you gauge success in marketing? Because to me, one of the hardest things is trying to see an ROI or effective marketing. Yeah, it's, you know, that's that's one thing I would say that is pretty uniform throughout, yeah. like, the industry uh, is people are people are saying, like, well, um, you know, how do I see this ROI? Um, and it takes, I will say it takes time, like good marketing takes time. Um, but really it's okay. So what's the overall goal? Like, again, like what is the, what is the end of the mission? Like what, what are we trying to accomplish here? Is it to increase, um, total online sales? Is it to increase number of leads coming in? Is it to, uh, create brand awareness? Is it to, you know, what is, what is it that we're trying to do? Like, what's the, what's the end goal? And then like with marketing, the first thing I'd say is if your marketing firm doesn't have like a clear step-by-step -step action plan, like yep. laid out for you so that you know where, where you're going to be at all times. And that's not com like regularly communicating that, uh, then I would start to question be like, okay, well, you know, what's the three month plan? What's the six month plan? What's the whole year plan? Like, what are, like how are we going to get like I told you what the goal was and I was willing to take the steps that you prescribed but and so first are they being super clear with the steps that it's going to take for you to be successful uh, do do they have a proven track record of success are they providing transparency to you so that you can see that and you know uh, I was able to hop on the call with the marketing person at that towel company and we were able to pull those reports and we were able to see very tangible results mm -hmm. for them it was easy yeah. they just wanted to increase online sales. And they, we have certain benchmarks that we're trying to hit, you know, uh, we broke, I mean, first, like they were, uh, maybe hundred, okay. 500 bucks a month in online sales. They were killing it at like boat shows and RV shows and like these trade shows that they'd go to. I mean, they'd, they'd have $20,000 days because right. of the product, but they at, able at trade to shows, you can see, that right. You can see the sales. product happen. Um, you can, yeah. um, what do you call it? Uh, demo it, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, exactly. And people were falling in love with it. And so it's how do we take that and how do we translate that into the online sales? And so, you know, now we're hitting 2,500 months, we're hitting 3,000 months, and we're getting close to $5,000 months. And we're tracking our ad spend. We have a very laid out plan of, hey, this is where we want to be in three months. This is like, this is how much ad spend it's going to take to get there. This is how much uh, like these are the different platforms that we need to start hitting. Uh, okay. So we've, we're seeing some pretty good traffic on Facebook. Now it's time to move into TikTok, Pinterest, and all these different platforms and make sure that we're actually seeing, uh, and testing the waters. Uh, because that's the other part with marketing is that 
marketers sometimes have this eagerness to just hop in, but we really need to test the audience. Like who's our, who is our customer? Like who is the person? And you can do that with really good market research. If you have the budget for it, I strongly recommend doing some really good market research. There's some really good companies out there that can provide that. Uh, and so that you know who you're even marketing to. All right. And then your, um, your firm, do you do only, uh, you know, local brick and mortar companies? Well, I know this company has some online presence. So are you doing, is it nationwide? Uh, who, who do you provide a service for? Yeah. So when I first started out, it was actually home service based businesses. Uh, you know, people that are putting epoxy flooring yeah. down on concrete, uh, you know, in garages, patios, whatever. Uh, and we were nationwide. I mean, I was working with people, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, Arizona, Utah, North Dakota, Idaho. So like we were really all over. Um, and now I would say that we're actually still pretty nationwide. I have like consolidated my, I'm really picky now with the clients that I bring on, uh, because a, my time is limited because of rise, uh, because I am giving, you know, full, full attention to both of these. So I need to be very deliberate with the customers that I bring on and with the overall mission in mind, uh, does my, do, does our objectives align? And so like, I, I'm, I am very particular about the customers that I bring on. And so, you know, it, it does take saying no to some, some opportunities that might be great opportunities, but that don't align with like my personal goals and where I want yeah. the company to be. So, so you talk about, that you're you're 100 dedicated, you're full time in in both of these companies, and they're both doing phenomenally well. So congratulations on that. You're doing a great job. But you got you got both of these companies. <laughs> but you also said your wife was in a transition period at the same time. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So she was she was actually also an accountant, um, which. <laughs> Like if you would have told us when we first started dating that we both yeah. be accountants, we'd probably laugh at you because <laughs> we're just like, there's, there's no way. But, um, you know, we were both accountants and she, I mean, by far and away, she is the better accountant out of the two of us. Like she can really go in depth and she has a very good eye for detail. And so now, uh, I mean, she's focused on, on, you know, being there for our daughter, raising our daughter and, and providing that atmosphere at home that she always wanted for our children, which is awesome. Um, but now, you know, as our daughter gets older, she's going to probably come in and, and start helping more with one of the businesses, uh, maybe you know, in taking care of the finance portion of it and and really uh, kind of be. That's great. It goes back to, um, like you said, the, the ultimate goal of the time freedom. And now you're both able to be home. You only have the one daughter. Is that? that right yep so you're able to you know provide yep. that time yep. that parenting and like you said there's nothing like being able to you know stop in the middle of the day once your daughter gets to an age where she's in soccer cheerleading you know whatever it is and you don't have to, uh, an assembly awards uh at school and you don't have to ask somebody hey you know can i be there for my child i mean there's nothing nothing like it yeah and i mean like and there's something special about being able to say, Hey, I, I drop my daughter off for school and I go yeah. and pick her up every single day. Uh, I, you know, I'm always there in the stands for her supporting her. And, you know, as a military, yeah, kid, you, don't like, just, you, you don't really get that support. And so it's like, you know, my dad was deployed for like six years of some of my most like 
yeah. developmental years. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I grew in other ways. Uh, and you know, my dad is like one of my, like my hero, that's who I look up to. Uh, but like, I am saying like, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't able to be there. And so, uh, being able to provide that for my daughter is really special for me because I'm able to be there for her. I'm able to, you know, help her throughout like different, uh, challenges that she's going to face and, and really help her become who she. Tell me a little bit about the future of rise. Um, you know, kind of short term, not, not too far out, but where's rise, you know, growing to and, and what do you need from the audience to uh, be a part of rise or grow rise? Yeah. So great question. Um, really it's, it's really awesome with rise. It's all about the number of people that we can help like achieve either their health goals or their wealth goals. Uh, you know, I have gone through our personal training course, uh, with our, with our mm. coaches, Brady and Cami. Um, and I lost like 20 pounds, like I'm down 20 wow. pounds and I'm like halfway through the program, like, you know, taking control of the health and, and making that a real focus in my life, uh, has been game changing. But then also, you know, some of these, these different coaches and stuff, uh, they provide so much great value. So listeners, like if you, if you're looking for that change, if you're looking for some like direction to, you know, make an extra couple grand a month or, or start a business or just get healthier, like just reach out. That's, that's what we're here for is just, like I said, better business bureau of online coaching. We're not going to try to push you into a yeah. program that doesn't make sense to you. We're more of like a sounding board and someone that's going to help kind of guide you to some really good potential options for you. Um, and, you know, long-term goal for, for rises, we want to get to a point where we're helping a hundred students a month. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's probably, I would say our next year of goal is like, we want to get to a hundred students a month that we're helping every single month. Uh, and then, you know, continue to grow that to bigger numbers so that we're providing more, awesome. more value in the world. Well, I appreciate your time, Austin. Um, I'm going to let you get back to uh, not only your daughter, but your two businesses. It can be a lot. But um, I've got something that I love to do on every episode. Uh, the name of the show is Success Leaves Clues Podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that that I recognized uh, through your journey that helped you to become successful. And I'm quite sure the audience will pick up uh, a lot of other things as they as they watch or listen to the show. Um, so, so one thing Absolutely. that really stood out to me a lot is your, uh, your focus on things outside of a monetary goal, right? So you didn't, you didn't talk about, uh, money at all, which is amazing, especially with you being an accountant. So you, you, you talked about, you, you talk about your goal <laughs> of, of time freedom and, and being able to spend time with your daughter. And then you talk about uh, health and wellness. And those two things are actually the most important that we could ever, you know, hope for in our life. But there's so much focus and emphasis on on money these days. And you know, I commend you for that. And yeah, um, another thing Thank is you. mentorship. So not only do you have an entire platform and business geared around mentorship, but you found mentorship yourself and you talk about how that has helped you. Uh, e even recently, uh, to lose the weight, 
um, but it's helped you transition into entrepreneurship. Uh, it helped you grow in your career, uh, even in the military and, and things like that. And then um, the other thing that was big to me is how you put an emphasis on reflection and you look at, okay, look, I'm, I'm not doing enough or I'm doing too much uh, in my business. And it's helped you to, uh, you know, self-correct and, and change course where you need to, so that you can be even more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you kind of summed up like, uh, I don't, I don't know. You've kind of yeah. summed up my entrepreneurship journey right there so far. So it's, you know, that those are, I mean, yeah. right on the head. Well, thank you again for your time. Um, I can't wait to, uh, you know, to have you back, uh, talk about, uh, where Evid uh, marketing and where, uh, rise are both going and, uh, you know, where to get to over the next few months or even in a year, if you got some time for me, it'd be awesome. All right. I want to remind absolutely. everybody out. Yeah, absolutely. I want to Thank remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.